Hey everyone, it's Father Pat, here today to offer you my reflections on the scripture readings for today. Our readings for today are from the second Sunday of Advent. A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. Comfort, give comfort to my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her service is at an end. Her guilt is expiated. Indeed, she has received from the hand of the Lord double for all her sins. A voice cries out, in the desert prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the wasteland a highway for our God. Every valley shall be filled in. Every mountain and hill shall be made low. The rugged land shall be made a plain. The rough country a broad valley. Then the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all people shall see it together for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Go up on to a high mountain, Zion, herald of glad tidings. Cry out at the top of your voice, Jerusalem, herald of good news. Fear not to cry out and say to the cities of Judah, here is your God, here comes with power the Lord God who rules by his strong arm. Here is his reward with him, his recompense before him. Like a shepherd, he feeds his flock. In his arms, he gathers the lambs, carrying them in his bosom and leading the ewes with care. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our response, Lord, let us see your kindness and grant us your salvation. Lord, let us see your kindness and grant us your salvation. I will hear what God proclaims, the Lord, for he proclaims peace to his people. Near indeed is his salvation to those who fear him, glory dwelling in our land. Lord, let us see your kindness and grant us your salvation. Kindness and truth shall meet, justice and peace shall kiss, truth shall spring out of the earth, and justice shall look down from heaven. Lord, let us see your kindness and grant us your salvation. The Lord himself will give his benefits. Our land shall yield its increase. Justice shall walk before him and prepare the way of his steps. Lord, let us see your kindness and grant us your salvation. From the second letter of St. Peter. Do not ignore this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord, one day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years like one day. The Lord does not delay his promise, as some regard delay, but he is patient with you, not wishing that anyone should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will pass away with a mighty roar, and the elements will be dissolved by fire, and the earth and everything done on it will be found out. Since everything is to be dissolved in this way, What sort of persons ought you to be, conducting yourselves in holiness and devotion, waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be dissolved in flames and the elements melted by fire? But according to his promise, we await new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Therefore, beloved, since you await these things, be eager to be found without spot or blemish before him at peace. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. The beginning of the Gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in Isaiah the prophet, Behold, I am sending my messenger ahead of you. He will prepare your way. A voice of one crying out in the desert, Prepare the way of the Lord, make straight his paths. John the Baptist appeared in the desert, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. People of the whole Judean countryside and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem were going out to him and were being baptized by him in the Jordan River as they acknowledged their sins. John was clothed in camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist. He fed on locusts and wild honey. 
and this is what he proclaimed. One mightier than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop and loosen the thongs of his sandals. I have baptized you with water. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. I recently visited the home of a young family with two little girls, a newborn and a three-year-old. A three-year-old was pretty excited for Father Pat's visit. Her agenda included collaborating on some puzzles and some art projects, that is, coloring books. While I'm not all that good at puzzles, and my artistic skills leave much to be desired, I'm able to function fairly capably at a three-year-old level. When she broke out the coloring books, it became clear, in fact, that she had not quite progressed to staying within the lines. Well, I was a little more advanced in that area. She seemed unconcerned with the skill disparity, however, at least for the moment. I suspect, however, that in a very short time, she will pull out those same coloring books and be very unhappy with her previous work. Luckily, coloring books are cheap, and these days you can even buy some that are erasable so that you can start over from the beginning. Sometimes I wish I could do that with the rest of my life. And that's exactly the good news, the gospel of the second Sunday of Advent. Our modern understanding of the word gospel is limited to four books about the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus of Nazareth, the Son of God, and the Son of Man. But use of the term predates its Christian adoption. Prior to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the term gospel was more generically used to describe joyful news brought by a messenger, often in a political or a military context. For example, the rise to power and reign of the Emperor Augustus was considered gospel, as it inaugurated a period of relative peace and stability in the Roman world. The problem was, of course, that such gospels ultimately resulted in false hopes or unfulfilled hopes. When Mark was writing the first Christian gospel, Nero was in power, and the same days of Augustus were a distant memory. Thus, the first words of Mark's narrative held quite a different meaning for for those first hearing them than they do for us today. He begins, The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Mark claimed to have real good news. The ministry of Jesus of Nazareth begins a new period in human history. The Roman emperors claimed divinity, regularly using the title Son of God. But Jesus, the evangelists assert, has truly been anointed. Christ is Greek for anointed one. So he has truly been anointed by the one true God of Israel. His kingdom of peace, justice, and mercy, unlike that of Augustus, would never end. And Mark didn't come up with that idea on his own. He makes clear by quoting both the prophet Malachi, the last Old Testament prophet, who foretells a messenger will come to prepare the way, and by quoting Isaiah, who speaks of a voice crying out in the desert in our first reading today. Isaiah, of course, was originally addressing the Jewish exiles of Babylon, who risked falling into despair. Their unfaithfulness had led to their downfall, as Isaiah had earlier foretold. But the Lord God doesn't want the story to end there. He instructs his prophet to comfort his people, with assurances that he has forgiven their sin. But there's more. The exiles of Babylon are separated from Jerusalem and its former glory by an expansive desert and mountainous terrain with no direct route of travel. Even if they were freed from their servitude in Babylon, it would be physically impossible for them, or nearly impossible, for them to return home. But the Lord God promises to level the mountains, fill in the valleys, to create a road in the midst of the harsh desert. As he did when he led the Hebrews on their exodus from Egypt, he will lead them again. Not, however, as a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night, but as a shepherd, feeding them, gathering them, carrying them with care. 
As it turns out, however, the Lord God has more in mind than moving some big rocks and a little sand. The obstacles to the salvation of Israel are more than geological. The Lord God needs a clean canvas on which to draw, and he needs a people eager to be recreated. It, may seem, it might seem odd to you that John the Baptist was so popular. As Mark's prologue tells us, John the Baptist appeared in the desert proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. People of the whole Judean countryside and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem were going out to him and were being baptized by him in the Jordan River as they acknowledged their sins. John was no Joel Osteen. He wasn't telling everyone how great they were and how God was going to bless them with riches because they believed. Instead, he told them to admit they were sinners. Plus, he smelled, ate bugs, and dressed funny. But they followed him to the desert. Why? Let's go back to that first line of the narrative once again. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Back to the beginning. The Lord inspires Mark to use that word for a reason. In the beginning. That's how Genesis, the book of Genesis, starts. In the beginning, God created heaven and earth and the land animals and birds and sea creatures, and he saw that it was good. And then he created the human race, and he saw that it was very good. Jesus created us without sin, a clean canvas on which to draw, until we scribbled on the pages of the coloring book like a three-year-old who hasn't yet learned to stay within the lines. The good news is that when the word becomes flesh, the Lord God offers us a chance to go back to that original innocence. As St. Paul says in his letter to the Philippians, that the one who began a good work in you will continue to complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. John the Baptist says it in a different way. I have baptized you with water. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Isaiah's prophecy is fulfilled when the desert sands and rugged mountains and rocky paths of sin are cleared away in those who profess faith in the Son of God, so that he can not only recreate our very good humanity, but raise us up to share in the divine life by the Holy Spirit. And that's good news that delivers what it promises. Back when I was a kid, a favorite toy of mine was the Etch-A-Sketch. It's still made today. It's a mechanical drawing board with a screen covered in aluminum powder. Two white knobs, when twisted, move a stylus that cuts through the powder and leaves an impression behind, allowing the user to sort of draw. When you finish, or decide you don't like your work and want to start over, you just shake the screen and the aluminum powder covers up what you've done, leaving a blank canvas on which to begin again. That's what God wants to do with us, even as thick-headed as we can be. As St. Peter writes, The Lord does not delay his promise, as some regard delay, but he is patient with you not wishing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But according to his promise, we await new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. We are in his plans for a new heaven and a new earth. Life lived fully in the Spirit is much better than we can even imagine. For what eye has not seen and ear has not heard and what has not entered the human heart, what God has prepared for those who love him. He only asks of us the maturity to understand that we need his help to color within the lines and the willingness to let him shake us up and clear the canvas of our souls. Repentance never looked better. And that is good news indeed. That is the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Have a great day. Say a prayer for me.